2: Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Tuesday, July sixteenth, two thousand nineteen, and of course we're in the third week of July, and there are a lot of variables at play in the market right now. Earnings is starting to take um, starting to take the lead as far as news because there's a lot more coming out now from the end of the quarter. <clears throat> so we're going to talk about that and other things, and hopefully give you some unbiased guidance and. That's what we're here for. I'm Steve Peasland, and I thank you for joining me today. And I hope you also call me, because you're the one who drives the show to the direction you want to go. Wherever you want to talk about financial, we'll talk about it. Anything financial. So, take advantage if you want to talk about 401ks, insurance, stocks, bonds, I don't care. We'll take it anywhere, anything you want to, as long as it's about financial, as long as it helps everybody learn more about how to manage their money. And our goal, of course, is financial freedom for everybody. Make your own money, make the money grow for you, and then work for you in retirement. Wherever shape that retirement takes, you have to have enough to be able to enjoy whatever it is you want to do, even if it's continuing to work. That's fine. Of course... We talk about this as a philosophy of independent thinking and shared success. Now, on this day in history, way back in 1969, I think you might remember, a lot of us do, I do, uh, we were were all riveted to the television screen watching the uh, Apollo 11 take off for the moon. It was very interesting. I mean, everybody watched it. Everybody. The actual landing occurred July 20th, 1969, four days later. The launch took place, what was it, they called Merritt Island in Florida, July 16th. So it launched, but took four days to get there, to the moon. And uh, it was very, very, a big event in history. Of course, we've never been back there since or even considered yet. I don't know if we are ever. Don't know. But uh, that was a pretty exciting time. Now, today, in this hour, I'm going to do my best to talk about and get you to that goal of financial freedom. And we're going to do one step at a time. So how we do that is with calls. You call me. My number is 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. You ask your questions, and we'll go from there. But, of course, I do have topics that we're going to discuss. And one of them is uh, with trade tension escalating, there are five things to know about the earnings season, this earnings season. So I'm going to break that down for you. also talk about... Big banks, you know, came out and are coming out with earnings this week. And most of them are beating estimates. But it is a mixed kind of, um, a mixed picture. So we're going to talk about that. And I want to talk about more in depth about retail sales. We'll brush up, brush, brush it here in a few seconds. But I want to get in depth if we can. And has the Fed, has the Fed cut interest rates with the market at all-time highs in the past. Because we're really close to all-time highs, right? And the Fed is considering cutting interest rates into this month. Have they done that before? i got a little history that I'll share with them. And it was kind of interesting when I was reading the article about this history. They were cherry-picking time periods. So I want to be a little bit more honest about that. And those are the things we're going to talk about Um and we didn't get to it, but where to retire should be based on what is important to you. Where to retire should be based on what's important to you. And there's different th- things you need to think about what to put first when. And did you know, you know, people talk about a trillion dollar companies. Amazon's about $990 billion. Apple is about $935 billion. Microsoft is a little over a trillion. And Google is at 795 billion. So Microsoft was at a trillion. Apple fell off from being over a trillion, and that's what happens. But all, Amazon, Apple, Microsoft, and Google are all pretty darn close. Google being only at 800 billion, the others are over 900 and cl- or close to a billion trillion. So those are com- companies are bigger than a lot of countries in the world. The company size. That's what we're discussing, everybody. But of course, you're going to drive the show. Where do you want to take it? It's up to you. The market was down today. The Dow was down 24. The Nasdaq down 35. Then his S&P down 10. I believe it was down yesterday. So both days now we've been down after last week being up. Now being down, it hasn't been down very much. It's not. It's been pretty, pretty mild pullback so far. Uh, might be because earnings have been pretty decent from the banks, big banks reporting, and it's been pretty decent. But I don't know if you can count on that for the rest of the industries. A lot of industries are not showing, you know, uh, growth. Matter of fact, I've mentioned it before, probably in an earnings recession. We'll get to that. more details on that. So that's what we plan to do today. Of course, it's up to you. But first, why don't we go ahead and take a caller, 888-99-CHART. This call came in before. Hi, uh, this is Ray. I'm calling from San Francisco area, and I'd like to know, in a bad economy, does the bank stocks do well or not compared to commodity? Please let me know. Thank you. Banks' stocks usually do poorly in a recession. Remember, what, remember they, they make money on loans. And if you're looking at the earnings report, lo, loan um, origination has the, loans, the number of loans origination have gone down. So in a recession, they do poorly. They're doing pretty good right now, so we're obviously not in a recession. Um, but just know that they will do much. The earnings will go down in recession because less loan activity, less market activity, less all kinds of activity, less IPOs, and on and on and on. Than how they make money. But it's more more the loan origination, the number of loans being originated. That's where they make most of their money. Okay, so appreciate appreciate the question. You're listening to a best talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and you both know that no one can really predict accurately where the market's going to go, right? No one really can. This means that you've got to be prepared to handle market volatility. And you can do that by balancing your portfolio. We talk about that often. So you can do it yourself or you can let Justin and I help you with that. We'll be happy to do that. Your calls and inquiries are always welcome at our KPP financial office in Irvine, California. And by the way, I will be returning to San Jose July 31st. And I have some exciting news for those people in New York. I will be in New York late September. I'm trying to nail down the date now. Late September in New York, in Manhattan, if you want to meet with me. You can register at InvestTalk.com or send me an email Uh You can contact me either way. Remember, San Jose, July 31st. I think I have one or two slots left. Now, live questions, 888-99-CHART.
0: We are already into the third week of July, and you are very likely hard at work and also focusing on your goal of achieving financial freedom. So, you've come to the right place, Invest Talk, where you can get timely investment information and unbiased guidance. Steve Peasley is here now, and the phone lines are open. 888 99 Chart.
2: Okay, let's take a quick look at some of the basic numbers out there, like gold prices. Gold prices still above $1,400 an ounce. Little weakness, the dollar gotten a little stronger. Um, remember, the gold prices is based on a few things. Uh, a weak dollar means gold will go up in value, and we haven't had really a weak dollar. A dollar that's hesitant, but not really weak. Inflation, if inflation goes up, gold usually goes up, we have no inflation. And fear, when there's fear out there, underlying fear of whatever. Uh, it will will go up based on fear. So why is it going up this year? I think most of it is because of fear. There's fear because of the trade war and just a little bit of fear out there. I think that's what's worrying the market the most. Oil is at $59.73 a barrel. So gasoline on Nationwide is $2.79. And, of course, in California, you can always add a dollar or more per gallon. It's always really expensive here. And the market has done very, very well since Trump has been elected. It's done very well since the recession of 2008. Coming out of that recession in 2009, the market has done very, very well. And we've been in a very long bull market. Can it continue? Well, it can. But how long? How long does a secular bull market last? You know, it can last anywhere from secular lasts. I think the lo, shortest one is like nine years. The longest is like 25 years. So we're, what, 10, 11 years into this one? And secular bull market. Remember, bear markets last long too, secular bear markets. So you got to worry about those as well. But that's where we are. Here's a store interesting story. Projected numbers for the size of the federal deficit in the current fiscal year, it, there's going to be a trillion dollar deficit, meaning their government is spending a trillion dollars more than they get in, in in taxes. Our government spends way too much money, way too much. The federal deficit, the federal debt, I should say, is 22 trillion. The deficit is 1 trillion. Twenty-two trillion dollars deficit, meaning we spend more than we earn for a while. And we collected twenty-two trillion in dollars in deficit, and in, uh, and that really doesn't count everything. If you want to know the truth, it really does not count. So that's the federal debt, not the annual deficit. Federal debt, twenty-two trillion. Retail sales figures we're in today—they were pretty good, meaning consumers are spending. They continue to spend. It was up four tenths of one percent according to the Commerce Department for last month. <clears throat> and that equaled the month before. And so it's not bad. That's pretty good. With a you know, since the consumer is working, they have a job, they can spend money. And spending money, remember, consumer drives 66% or 70%, somewhere in there, the economy. They are the, that biggest part of our economy. So one other thing came out uh, in that consumer spending the retail sales report that retail sales at department stores went down 4%. And it continues to go down where retail sales for year-to-date online goes up about the same amount. So that's where the competition is coming from. And if you're going to think about being the buying those big-box stores, just know that their sales are going down, and that's not a good scenario. Just not. Not a good way to invest money. I don't think that's a good place to be. Okay, so how much did Facebook Facebook earn in 2018? Facebook net income for 2008 was just over 22 billion dollars. Not bad for a business that wasn't founded until 2004, was even it didn't even exist 15 years ago. From zero to 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 22 billion dollars in sales in 2018. That, you got to be pretty impressed with that. You know, you just really have to. Be impressed with that, everybody. Eight 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 ninety nine charters our number eight 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 nine nine two four two seven eight. Love to talk to you. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and we're in the heart of the earnings season starting this week. This week we'll have a lot of numbers pouring in. We've had a lot from the big banks already. Um, you know, J P Morgan, Wells Fargo, Goldman Sachs. They reported to the last night. They beat estimates in general, but they were kind of mixed. Uh, slowing loan growth is the reason. Slowing loan growth for the big banks. Johnson Johnson beat uh, beat their estimate, boosted guidance. They were pretty, pretty positive. Yet the stock was down this morning. It's still too early to talk about earnings and how good they were. But remember, all these earnings, when they beat estimates, the estimates have been downgraded pretty strongly. So there's not, you know, it's not exciting that they're beating estimates. It's what they say about the guidance is going to be more important. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and let me remind you that the Invest Talk Radio Program and its podcast replays provide a daily dose of market news with unbiased commentary by me and Justin. And we have a fairly new offering out right now. It's called Invest Talk Academy. It's classes. It's an online training class covering a wide variety of fi- financial investment subjects. 888 99 Charter is our number.
0: Give me a call. This is Invest Talk, the radio program and podcast dedicated to helping you achieve financial freedom. You may be a regular listener, you may even have called a few times, but if you've never called, What are you waiting for? The phone lines are open, and Steve and Justin would love to hear your questions right now. Call 888-99-CHART. Hey, Steve and Justin, this is David from Sonoma, uh, California. I wanted to ask you about Microsoft, ticker MSFT. Uh, I bought it about two years ago, around $90. I've been collecting dividends uh, and have dividends reinvested as well, so I have a few pieces of fractional share in there as well. I'm up about 50% right now and was starting to think about taking my principal out and just leaving the profits in. Uh, so, just kind of want to get your thoughts on that. Love the company long term. Um, so, would it be wiser to just stay in the stock uh, with all of my equity, or uh, would it be prudent now with the market getting a little bit frothy uh... to go ahead and pull principal? I'm um, looking forward to the response and thank you guys so much. Bye
2: well we do that kind of routinely on our stocks as they go up really strongly and you know we need that we we need to rebalance so my my question would be to you is how much is it of your portfolio you know if you have a uh, if it's still if it's not very much like it's still three percent or four percent of your portfolio I may not trim it at this point but there's certainly nothing wrong with trimming it after you make a huge run up like Microsoft has. So I would suggest that, yeah, I would trim it unless my my position is really, really small and I wanted to grow that position in the, portfolio i think microsoft long term is a good core company to have they got into the the cloud computing i think that's going to continue to expand and they seem to be in that sphere pretty heavily and i like that part about microsoft uh, i would that they could afford a, m- a bigger dividend they could but they pay a 1.3 percent dividend and they're a bit expensive so you're thinking of cutting it because of the big run-up is probably a good one So the answer would be yes, unless it's a really small position in your portfolio, then I might want to hold on to it. Um, Because if you're reinvesting the dividends into Microsoft, you're getting your positions are growing. So there's nothing wrong with that. So the answer would be yes, to take some of it off the table in your situation because you've had such a nice run. Okay. Appreciate the call. Thank you. My main talking point today concerns this observation. With trade tension escalating, there are five things to know about this earnings season. Trade tension, which, of course, we're talking about with China, right? I mean, that's where our trade tensions are. Um, And... You know, we are entering probably what we would call an earnings recession, meaning earnings are going down. They're not necessarily going up. They're still positive, but the growth rate is shrinking. You know, they're thinking this year, uh, this earnings season or the second quarter results, um, are expected to decline about 3% from a year ago. Falling a three percent, three tenths of one percent drop in the first quarter, and this is a three percent drop in the second quarter. Now you got to remember, earnings a year ago were pretty healthy, so dropping that much is not a disaster, but it certainly is a problem. And much of that is there's there's eleven sectors in the S and P 500, eleven of them, and there five of those sectors are expected to have year over year Earnings per share declines, led by materials, information technology. Those two are are leading the slowdown. And it's really because of a slowdown in the global economy. And, of course, trade disputes, you know, have consumers around the world spending less, and you're looking at other parts of the world going possibly into recession. China's not; their their growth came in at what six percent or so, and that was a low for them. But as they grow, you, you the large look the the law of large numbers starts to take place. You can't grow faster. That's why we have trouble growing. We're so big, twenty-two trillion dollars in economic size, where China is 14, fourteen, fifteen. And China, Japan at five or six trillion, well, year fourteen fifteen. China's 14 fourteen fifteen. We're at twenty two, twenty twenty two, somewhere in that range. You cannot grow that economy ten percent a year because it gets too big. It's hard to keep growing. So the growth is slowing, and of course the trade barriers and tension has hurt both the. Uh, China and the surrounding economies, a small economies surrounding China and Asia, and it's hurt the world's growth pr- prospects. So that's where we are. I'm not saying that it's bad or good, but it, you know, as far as earnings for corporations, remember, the S&P 500 companies, 50% of their earnings are outside the United States. So they they are affected. Big companies are affected by the weakness around the world and we we are you know it's a world economy you know that's pretty intertwined these days it's hard to if one of the big economies is suffering the other ones around the world will suffer as well we are still the big dog but China's a pretty big dog and then the next is what Japan Germany they're kind of close to the same and but their economies are five trillion versus 14 and 20, you know, they're not nearly as big. So the trade talks between us and China does have a pretty wide-ranging effect on other economies. So we got to just be aware of that, and it's going to hurt earnings per shares numbers. Just is. Okay. Okay. on tomorrow's Invest Talk, our, invest talk uh, our, strategy, our strategy strategist says that the market is too, too dovish on Fed policy, and this will lead to as much as a 15% correction. That's what we're going to talk about tomorrow. Tomorrow. This is Invest Talk, everybody. I have, uh, what, we're down halfway through the show. Time to give me a call. Our number is 888 99Chart.
0: This is Invest Talk. Made possible by KPP Financial, where they describe their services as independent thinking, shared success. And this philosophy is why KPP Financial can be of great value to investors. KPP Principals Steve Peasley and Justin Klein are committed to unbiased guidance. They don't upsell clients into expensive and questionable investments. Instead, Steve and Justin provide honest opinions and proven strategies based on the individual's current portfolio and risk tolerance. Working with KPP Financial, you can be assured of consistent dedication toward the goal of helping you achieve financial freedom. You can get things started with a phone call or a simple message through
1: investtalk.com. Take the next step toward your financial freedom. Contact KPP Financial.
0: This is Invest Talk, and now more than ever, you need unbiased investing guidance, right? If you live anywhere in Northern California, you should register to meet in person with Steve Peasley in San Jose on July 31st. But for now, Steve is here taking your calls live. Step up with your questions, 888-99-CHART.
2: Okay, um, I ran out of time before the break, but I really wanted to throw in today's market trivia question at you. You ready? The average closing price of the Dow in 2019 has been 25728 Okay? My market trivia question for today is this. What was the average closing price of the Dow in 1969, 50 years ago? at the time of the Apollo 11 moon mission. Remember, it's 25700 and change now. But what was it in 1969? 1969. Okay. Now, and from the market perspective, know this. In 1929, 1929 just before the Great Recession, the year of the big stock market crash, the Dow was $381. $381. Its low was 198, and it closed in 1929 at 248. Remember, it was 381. The low was 198, and it closed in 1929 at 248. Uh, so today, in 2019, the Dow value has more than 100 times its cap back in 1929. Okay. Okay, so what was the average closing price? What was the average closing price for the Dow uh, in two thousand and nineteen? The average price of the Dow two thousand. Uh, I'm sorry, in nineteen sixty nine. What was the average closing price of the Dow nineteen sixty nine? Fifty years ago. Okay, so I'd be. Do you know what the answer is? Anybody? Anyways. I'm going to give it to you in a second. I'm having, you know, my computer is loading. That's why I'm not saying it right now, guys, in case you were questioning me. 888 99 is our number. What was it? Okay. There it is. The 1969, the average closing price of the Dow was $875.72. 875. Pretty big difference, isn't it? Pretty big difference. Remember, it's 27,359 now. Okay, back in 1969, the year high for that year was 968, but the average was 875. And for the market perspective now, you know, so what do you think? You think it's going to go higher or lower? You know, there's a book out that the Dow is supposed to go to 35,000 by 2025, and this book was written, I think, by Harry Dent. Uh, uh, about 10 years, 15 years ago. I think I might get there. Let's go to John in Santa Cruz. How you doing, John?
1: Great, Steve. How are you?
2: I'm good. Thank you for the call.
1: Uh, Mace Rich. Um I'm wondering whether to, I own shares. I'm wondering whether to buy more shares or whether to just hold or perhaps sell as well,
2: I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't buy more shares. I wouldn't buy more shares, Mace, Mace Ridge. Where? What is it? It's a REIT, real estate investment trust that acquires, owns, and develops regional and community shopping centers across the U.S. Uh, we're at the peak of the economic cycle, and this is at its bottom, or was at a bottom a couple weeks ago, around 32. And today's at 33.65. I don't. It's very low priced. Based on what its earnings are going to be, and it has a really nice dividend. Uh, our earnings are going to be 3.56 a share this year, from 3.86 last year, then 3.64 next year. I think uh, uh, John is probably right near its bottom. I will say that, but the sales are still shrinking, and you know it's it's. I don't know. It, I I think it's got a lot of debt. I don't think I. I don't think I'd buy more, but I don't think I'd sell it at this price either. I think that's near its bottom, uh, and I would probably just hold on to it for that dividend. You know, it's going to pay you know ninety percent of three dollars and sixty eight cents, so you know you're going to get a pretty nice dividend out of it. But I would not. You think the dividend is safe? I think it's very safe. Yes, because they're going to make they're going to earn a good good chunk of money. It's not going to be. You know, a 90 percent of three dollars sixty four cents is you know three times nine times twenty, 20 seven So it's about you know three bucks a share, and that's about eight nine 9%, nine percent nine nine a percent. So the yield is still very good. It's just that I don't think you want to add more to it because it's a weak stock. Okay, appreciate okay. it. MAC is the the the, the symbol. Everybody, Macrich Company. It's a reIT owns regional build regional. Uh, uh, acquires, owns, and develops regional and community shopping centers across the US. eight 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 ninety nine chart. This is the Vest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and I hope you are making the right choices with the money in your 401k. Candidly uh, speaking, unless you have a lot of time to study fundamentals and trends and charts and all those things, it's pretty difficult to know just when to move in or out or add to or don't add to or or adjust, rebalance, whatever you need to do with the investment options in your 401k. So that's where Justin and I can help you. At KPP Financial, we have a math-based model, a model-driven guide. To all the 401ks, we put in the your choices of your particular 401k. Take your risk. Uh, take your. We take a risk questionnaire from you, and we call it the Active 401k program. And it will guide you and tell you, give you guidance of what to buy and what to sell and what to own. And it's called Active 401k. You can sign up for it. It's at InvestTalk.com, and you know I think it will help you a lot if you don't know what you're supposed to do. You're confused. And now I'm taking your questions
0: live, 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk, made possible by KPP Financial, where they describe their services as independent thinking, shared success. And KPP principal and Invest Talk host, Steve Peasley, is pleased to announce that he will be returning to San Jose, California on July 31st to conduct his no-cost, Wealth Building Portfolio Review Consultations. If you're a serious investor, and if you live anywhere in Northern California, you should make plans now to sit down in person with Steve. He can review your portfolio and show you how to optimize its performance so you can achieve financial freedom. Appointments are limited, so don't delay. Wednesday, July 31st, Steve Peasley returns to San Jose. Register now at investtalk.com. The phone lines are open and your calls are welcome. 888 99 Chart. 888 99
2: Chart, 888 992 4278. We talked about retail sales earlier. It was up four tenths of percent. a percent. The report came in this morning. Even if you took out the autos, it was still up four tenths a percent. And it was expected only to be up one-tenth of a percent, and the month before was up four-tenths of percent, both for the total retail sales and Axe Autos. This is four months in a row of solid growth of retail sales. Now, the question I have is, will this give any pause to the Fed about cutting interest rates at the end of this month? Retail sales is pretty important because that's what people are actually doing with their money. If you stripped out gasoline, gasoline prices went down. If you stripped that out, retail sales would have been up seven-tenths of percent. Hmm. So, I, th- does the Federal Reserve not lower interest rates because of this? There's a, the, the investors out there are 100% sure that they're going to lower interest rates in, into July. And if that's true and they don't do it, the market's going to react poorly. Just, just warning you. But I'm pretty sure they're going to do it because they've been broadcasting and foretelling kind of in their notes and their minutes and the way they talk that they're really going to lower them. So, just let you know. I'm TPS, and I hope you're making the best, right choices for everything you're doing, everybody. Investing in the market, investing in your 401K, wherever it is that you're investing. But let's, you know, this is Invest Talk. Let's go ahead and get another caller on the line. Here's a question that on our in time listener line number that came in earlier 888 99 chart.
0: Hello, Steve or Justin. I had a question about ETFs and mutual funds. Basically, if you go in and research some of these funds on Morningstar, it gives you uh, usually top five to top ten holdings. If you have
1: this information, would you still advise us to invest in the ETF, or mutual fund, or would you just take these top investment holdings and then just create your own type of mutual fund? Is the only benefit to investing in
0: these is that they know when to get out or get into other funds?
1: Thank you. Bye.
2: a good way to uh, build a portfolio of your own stocks because – Think about this. When they publish the top 10 holdings, they, that's the top 10 holdings at the time they took that survey, wherever that was. And many times, mutual funds will buy the big winners for the last quarter or the year-to-date big winners at the very end of the quarter to, so they can show that they had the best stocks of that quarter. And therefore, you're buying the last, you know, the winners. You don't know what the mutual fund's done. You don't know if they've had those for years or... Bought them recently, and that's just the top ten. That, that that means maybe those are the top ten that grew very fast. They were the big winners, and here you are buying the top winners of last year or last quarter. And most of the time, that you're looking, you're buying in the rearview mirror instead of buying in the in the uh, in the windshield. You have to look forward, not backward. You're looking backward when you're looking at that. So don't. That's not a good method. To build your own portfolio. It really isn't. Of individual stocks. Do your own research. I know if you can't do it. You don't know how to do it. Learn how to do it. If you don't know how to do it. And you can't do it. Then you buy indexes. And you index ETFs. So it would be cheaper. Than index mutual funds. That's how you do it. Until you have enough knowledge. Do not buy. Last year's winners. Do not buy. Someone else's top 10 holdings. That usually is a recipe for uh, not making money. It's true. It's not necessarily that they're bad stocks or anything, but they could have already had a big run-up, and you don't want to be that. You don't want to do that. Let's go to Ken in Wisconsin. How are you doing, Ken?
0: Hello. Hey. How's it going, Steve?
2: Good. Thank you for the call. Appreciate it.
0: Yeah, um, I'm calling about Stock ticker AMR. It's a uh, penny stock. Um, basically, what I'm calling to find out is I see some posters talking about it owns a subsidiary company that's doing much better and this company that uh, AMR is basically looking like it's in a lot of debt but because it owns this other company that at worst comes to worst if it has to like sell off the other companies then it would up the stock price and you know if they ever had to sell everything. I'm kind of just wondering what you think about it. Do you have any added information. Well, okay, it. this
2: is... Sure. As AMR, everybody, it is a penny stock. You know, my general philosophy is never, ever, ever buy a penny stock because they don't usually make money. This company's going to make... Made 30 cents a share in 2017. 2018, it it is supposed to make three cents a share. That's this, this, so they're in this the 2018 year. This year 2019, they're going to lose three cents a share. That's the overall projections for the company. Sales are growing sharply, uh, just in recent times. Uh, before the March of 2018 quarter, they they were sixty million dollars you know, earning uh, sales per quarter. Then and the March 18th, that they, they jumped to 102 million from 63 million, and then June of 2008, 122 million, and September of 2018, 164 million. So the sales growth was all of a sudden picked up. That might be the subsidiary you're talking about, Ken. I don't know. I can't tell from what I'm looking at. But yeah, it's a 17 cool. cent stock. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's a question of you know is it is, do you buy a penny stock? This is the kind of stock that you can can will lose all your money or make a fortune. Okay, that's the kind of stock you're ta- looking at here, because that sales growth is I, I like that you know i would have to dig into it. Alt, it's called Alta Mesa Resources. Everybody, AMR is a symbol. Engaged in exploration and the production of oil and natural gas reserves in eastern portion of the Andarko Basin. So, you know, they're producing reserves. So the value, and now they're selling some of those reserves or selling some of those oil, the gas, gas, and it's trying to pick up. So it could be a big winner or you lose all your money, Ken. That's what penny stocks are like. So just don't put too much money into it. Don't, like, you know, invest a lot of money into this stock. It's a penny stock. 90% of them go out of business. 90% or more go out of business. So have that in the back of your head. So put money in it. You're not afraid to lose. And if you lose it, great. And if you don't lose it and it does really great, then you have a big winner. That's the problem with penny stocks. Most of them are terrible, terrible losers. You lose all of it. But there's a few. That you make huge returns. I mean, this stock was selling at $4 and $5 a share a year ago. Okay. Thanks for the call, Ken. Appreciate it. AMR is simple. Okay, the one minute left before we gotta take another break. So that's coming up on us. Um, so builder confidence for single family homes rose to sixty five. That's our number, it was sixty four. So, that's, that's not a bad thing, probably because mortgage rates are going down. Okay, sentiment was well below the July 2018 reading of 68, though. So, it's been lower, but anything above 50 is considered positive. So, don't worry too much about that. But, it, you know, everything is like that. Everything is still positive, but just not as good as it was. That's kind of true for almost everything. Housing remains pretty, pretty expensive in San Diego. This is Invest Talk, everybody. Time for a break.
0: On the next Invest Talk, one strategist says that the market is too dovish on Fed policy, and this will lead to as much as a 15% correction. Is he right? That story tomorrow. But now, Steve Beasley is here, ready with answers, and he's waiting for your questions. 888-99-CHART.
1: Hi, Steve and Justin.
2: Long-time listener. Love the show. Thank you for all that you guys do. I have a question here on a fund that I'm considering investing in for long-term and hopefully I'm um, making some good growth. I believe it also pays a dividend. The fund is LGL. LAX. I believe it's a growth fund and um, I just was wondering what your feelings are on it and if it um, pays a good dividend or if it has any uh, entry fees or anything like that. Thank you very much. Look forward to hearing your advice and knowledge on the line. Thank you. Okay, it is Lord Abbott LGL L G uh, L A X um, Lord Abbott Growth Leaders A is what is called. Um, so it is a growth fund. It's a four-star fund by uh, Morningstar. Uh, is there? I'm trying to see if there is a. Uh, uh, whenever there's a A next to the, the name, it kind of tells me. After the name, it tells me that it's a a a, a commission fund. A a load fund? Yes, 5.75% load. So to buy this, if you put $100,000 into this fund, you'd have to pay $5,750 in commission up front. So I, you know, I don't, I never recommend people buying loaded funds. I, I, you can find a four-star growth fund that has no load. So I'd rather see you do that. Why pay a load if you don't have to? Now, how good is the fund? Well, if it's a four-star fund, it's probably pretty good because they don't they don't give them that kind of uh, that kind of stars unless it's a pretty pretty good fund. So I would say don't buy it because it's a growth fund because of the, the load. Simple as that. Okay. 888 chart eight 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 Let's go to Crystal in San Jose. How you doing, Crystal?
1: Good. Um, hi, Steve. I have a question regarding the company stock, Baidu, B-I-D-U. As you know, uh-huh. um, it's going down quite a bit, and I'm holding this uh, stock for a long haul. So, just wondering if you see the stock to bounce back in the future.
2: Oh yeah, it, it will bounce back. I'm, I'm almost positive. It's a Baidu, everybody. B-I-D-U, a, a Chinese provider of internet search targeted online advertising and other internet con- content services. It's the Google of China, basically. Uh, and the reason why they got cut in half is their earnings went down, but sales are still growing. They're just growing less. And that's what happens with a big growth company. Sales were a year ago were growing 25 to 35%. Now the last four quarters, last four quarters, you have it from 27% growth to 16% growth to 10% growth, and now in the most recent quarter, 8% growth. That decline in growth kind of corresponds to a slowdown in China, right, in their economy, but it made the stock kind of collapse from 260 dollars down to 114, which is if you had to own it at 260, you're a very lot of pain, right? But at $114 a share, based on next year's earnings of $7.07, that makes this a really inexpensive stock. I mean, we're talking about what, 13, 14 PE? Turn equity 17%. Cash flow is $11.86 86 a share. Imagine those 17%. Mutual funds have sold off a little bit, going from 1900 to 1700 and they were the ones who drove this stock price down but at this level at this level uh crystal i would be a owner of it i would not be a seller of it i would, i wouldn't necessarily add to it yet because i want to see it get off the bottom it went down to 110 or so in that range so it's gone off the on that but I, I would want to see it start to come back before i'd be a buyer it would be nice to see like when the agreement between China and the United States happens, which I'm pretty sure it will happen eventually, I have a feeling that that would be you know, the mark of the bottom of this stock. So I think it's there. I think it's very close to the bottom, so I would hold on to it. Okay? I wouldn't sell it. Thank you for the call, Crystal. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another InvestTalk program, and I thank you for your loyal support and you know, all your questions, and I'll be back tomorrow. So don't forget, I'm coming back. That means you got to call me tomorrow, too. And don't forget to also be in San Jose on July 31st. I'll be there. Time to set up appointment. Good night, everybody.
1: Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically.